0: There had been a reported streak of disappearances at the University of Virginia. We're not talking two students in different departments. We're talking about five residents that disappeared from their dorm room one night, never to be seen again. The university claimed it was taking those disappearances seriously, and the police was very much hell-bent on the case but no witnesses or link between the victims had ever been made other than they originated from the same dorms. One was a major in science studies, another in literature. None of them seemed to have friends in common either. And to say that the case was difficult was an understatement. Even their rooms had been left untouched. One of them had a roommate, and the roommate was interrogated to Helen back and she never modified her story. She saw her roomie get up at 3am, thought she was going to the bathroom, and promptly went back to sleep. When she woke up, her roommate was gone. It's been a couple of weeks already, and activity has been picking up again as if nothing happened. Everyone's going to class and still somewhat respecting the curfew imposed by the situation. And sure, there are a few bums here and there that go out on the weekend for parties and only come back in the wee hours in the morning. But other than that, everyone is being pretty cautious. I'm relatively proud of my university for setting those rules quickly and taking the situation seriously. But I've still had trouble sleeping lately because of that. I mean, I fall asleep just fine. But my rest had never been so light. I wake up at the faintest noise or light. So if my roommate uses his headband lamp thing to read late at night, I can't sleep. And with finals coming soon, you can guess how stressed I'm getting, which only further prevents me from having a restful night of sleep. This is why I woke up when my roommate got out of bed. I groaned and looked at him even told him to be less noisy, but he didn't answer me. I only felt something was off when I glanced up at his face and noticed how unfocused his eyes were. Like he was still asleep. Now, mind you, I am well aware that sleepwalking is a thing. But I've been living with that guy for over 7 months, and I've never seen him do it. I've also heard it's dangerous to wake up a sleepwalker, so I didn't really know what to do. All I knew is that I couldn't just fall back to sleep. What if he did something and hurt himself? I wasn't going to be the guy who left him to his own devices, even with how tired I was. So, I stood up and followed him as he opened the door. The sight I was greeted with in the hallway was disturbing, to say the least. Three other students were out of their rooms and slowly walking down the corridor. I stared in disbelief as my roommate joined them. Part of me was intrigued, and part of me wanted to nope the fuck out of the situation. I had no idea where they were all going, so I just followed the group hoping to everything right in the world that what was happening had no link with the earlier disappearances a few weeks ago. I wasn't going to be this lucky, obviously, but I still didn't see it coming. And in retrospect, I should have, but how was I supposed to guess what was going to happen? Unless I was born with the ability to see into the future, there was no way I could have foreseen this. And I kept following. Being awake gave me an advantage, or so I thought. I was convinced that if some drug was involved, whoever had done that to the students would be taken by surprise if I were to punch them in the face and save everyone. Now, don't mistake me for a hero. There's not a fiber in me that isn't filled with coward juice. If I felt like I was in any sort of danger, I would just run away, but not before I had taken a good look at the culprit's face. I was confident in my ability to run and hide, which is why I felt the need to do something. It wasn't because I wanted to be a hero, but who was going to save these people if I didn't do anything? I didn't want to be interrogated by the police and say that I didn't even try to figure out where they were going. I didn't want to be that guy who didn't care and let other people get abducted, Or worse, because he favored the comfort of his bed to taking action. The bottom line is, I think I was more afraid of what people would think of me. If I didn't do anything, then what would happen of me if I did do shit? And so I followed that tiny group of sleepwalkers. They went down a few sets of stairs, and then we were out in the university's garden. We walked across the grass to reach the sports building. I was surprised to see that we hadn't met anyone on our way. Even at night, I kind of expected that a few students or employees would be roaming, especially since there was a curfew. There were no security guards. I mean, it wasn't our school supposed to be taking care of business since the disappearance? And I had a bad feeling. Something felt off, but other than the sleepwalking, I had no reason to believe something was off, right? That and the fact that they were all surprisingly going to the sports building. The dorms weren't too far, but then again our campus isn't the biggest. You can pretty much be anywhere you want in less than a 15 minute walk. Our group walked towards the building, but instead of going to the front entrance, we followed the leader to the back. My suspicions that something was off was instantly confirmed when I saw that the back door was open. These buildings are supposed to be closed by midnight, and reopened by six, so unless the cleaning crew was there and all the sleepwalkers, on pure coincidence, wanted to do some weight training, something was being plotted against those students. I held my breath as we entered the building, which was pitch black, Only the safety lights were on, which was one neon every three to four sets. There was just enough light for me to see where I was walking, and that was it. Since we entered through the back door, we were closer to the pool than the actual gym. The stench of chlorine filled my nose, and my nose wrinkled. I've never been fond of indoor pools because of that. I can handle it when it's outside, but the smell of chlorine is one of those scents that I just really dislike. And I would come to dislike it even more after today. I kept following the group, acting like I was as mindless as them. Instead of going toward the pool, we took a door that had an electric warning on it. I thought it was just a power room or something, but it opened to a set of stairs going down. We descended those stairs, and the scent of chlorine got even stronger. I could even feel a warm, humid breeze, and hear the sound of air going back and forth. If I didn't know any better, it sounded, and worse, smelled, like something breathing through its mouth. We stopped in front of a set of twin iron doors, the same kind that kept a pool locked at night. And much to my surprise and dismay, the doors opened and let us in. I could see a dark figure at the end of the pool. Someone was there, waiting for us. Or, I mean, them. The sleepers. It was time for me to decide if I went in or not. Should I run away? I mean, it's now or never. But I didn't run The guy was alone. I couldn't see anyone else at the end of the pool. And I regret not giving attention to the pool sooner. I slowed my walk so I would be the last one in tow. And kept my eyes locked at the man at the pool. He was wearing a dark hoodie and a pair of plaid pajama pants. Another student perhaps. Someone living on the campus too. Biting my lip. I wish I could recognize that guy. It's only when he started talking that I remembered him. He was a faculty member. Not in any of my classes, but I'd heard him in one of his lectures more than once. He was fairly popular amongst science students for making TikTok videos and YouTube videos with strange experiments. And while I didn't recognize him in the dark, his voice was very singular. It was very low and scratchy, it was very easy to identify. He started talking about his contribution to society and personal growth, and how each and every one of us had a responsibility toward making the world a better place. Everyone around me still had an unfocused gaze. They were trained on him. He kept talking, I got distracted by the sound of water swishing about. So I suddenly turned my gaze away from him to look at the pool. And then I realized that this pool was much darker than it should be. Even in pitch blackness, water shouldn't look so dark or thick. There was also something else mixing with the scent of chlorine. Something. I hadn't noticed when we were going down the set of stairs, The wind I felt was also a lot stronger now that we were by the side of the pool. The breathing sound I heard was also much louder, but not loud enough to cover the claims of the faculty member. That's when I saw it. Two bulging black beads floating in the thick, dark water. I realized the pool itself was rising up and down like a lung filling with air and exhaling. I wasn't under the effect of drugs, so what was it that I was looking at? What was filling that pool, if not water? Why did the pool have eyes, breathed, and seem as thick as motor oil? It's time for you to take a leap of faith. Jump. This definitely got my attention back onto the faculty member, unfortunately... I wasn't quick enough to stop any of the other students from jumping. Within a fraction of a second, all of them had jumped in the pool, and none of them seemed to resurface. The water got even thicker, the blob-like creature living within it expanding and breathing even louder. And there it was, the scent I couldn't identify. It was blood. What was mixing with the smell of chlorine was the scent of blood. And how many liters of blood does a human body have? Between four and six? That's anywhere between 16 to 24 liters of blood in the pool with the four jumpers. Or so I thought. I couldn't even see what happened to their body, since none of them was resurfacing. But I saw bubbles on the surface... The thing inside it now looked what boiling molasses looked like. You're awake, aren't you? The voice of the lecturer reached me, and I realized that whatever was in the pool wasn't my only imminent threat. This time, my reaction time was fast enough to stop the man who was trying to push me in the pool. I was glad adrenaline was pumping through my system especially as my fist crashed powerfully to his jawline and efficiently pushed him back. I think I screamed many questions at him as I kept punching him. And it was only until his brow was bleeding, his face was swollen, and I was sitting on his chest, that I started getting answers. Questions like, what the hell is that thing? What happened to the students and... Who else knows about this? The lecturer told me this creature didn't have a name, and that he had been calling to it, that it demanded sacrifices in order not to be let loose and do more damage to the world. And as he said that, I saw a line of water forming on the ground by our side, and it suddenly grew thicker and lashed out at me, but I moved just in the nick of time. Unfortunately... That meant letting go of that bastard, which gave him enough time to try and crawl away. I don't know what happened with me, but I wrapped my fingers tightly around his hoodie, lifted him, and I threw him in the pool. It was at this moment that I noticed the number of lines of water in the ground. How many thick tendrils were forming out of them. They were all slowly retracing toward the pool as the screams of the faculty member tore through the atmosphere. He didn't go out like the others without a sound. He sank under the thickness of the creature and I took a step back. I could feel cold sweat running down the length of my spine, contrasting heavily with the humid heat of this room. I needed to run away from this place before the creature set its attention on me. When I was rooted in my spot, my fists hurt and my knees trembled. The pool's water seemed to glow dark and purple, radiating energy that I could only compare to what someone feels like when they watch their pet dying in their arms. I felt sick and cold, terrified, weak, Powerless. I felt like I should have run away and let everyone die anyway, because there was no way anyone was going to believe my story. Huh. Even if I survived this, who was I supposed to tell? Who would believe there was a hidden pool in the basement of my University Sports Building, hiding a creature that could bring doom to humanity? and something pierced through my chest. It was a warm and strangely soothing. There were no words exchanged, but I kept staring at the pool for the longest time. I remember falling on my knees as a feeling of euphoria grew inside me, a numbness that took over my body. The ache I felt in my knuckles slowly disappeared, and the swell of my fist decreased. As if... I hadn't beaten a guy to a pulp at all. When I reopened my eyes, I felt as refreshed as if I had had a full night of sleep. I walked out of the sports building, closed the back door, and walked through the campus, making my way back to my dorm room. I laid on my bed, closed my eyes, and slept soundly until my alarm woke me up three or four hours later. Three weeks. That's the time it gave me to find worthy sacrifices.